Welcome to episode number 11 of the Laundry List podcast. I'm glad you're here. My name is still Trisha Preby, and I'm still here with the one and only Bethany Hager. But today we're joined by our first guest. Her name is Jamie Cabe, and I have a strong suspicion you're going to love her as much as we do. By now, you know that this is a podcast for list junkies, and we're excited about the list we have for you today. So let's get started. You know, when Bethany and I first sat down and started discussing this podcast and what it could become, Mm -hmm. one of the things that was so important to us right off the bat was this possibility of getting to interview people and specifically getting to sit down and chat with people who are making a difference in the world, Mm -hmm. people who have been impactful in our own lives. And I can think of no greater first guest to have on this podcast than my good friend and partner in ministry, Jamie Cabe. Yep. Jamie, you and I have been friends and co-workers in some ways for five and a half years now. That is right. I know it with confidence because I am fanatical about saving my email, (laughs) and it really only pays off in moments like this. I can say with confidence that you and I met on April 6th, 2015. That's pretty cool. But that is not what we're talking about here. So we're going to move on because it is an illness. I'm sure of it. (laughs) Jamie, would you go ahead and introduce yourself to our audience? Tell us about what you do. Tell us about who you are. I know those things can be different things. I want those listening to get to know you. Um, okay, so I am. I have been married for 20 years, you guys. That's awesome. 20 years to the man, Clint Cabe. And together we have seven children. Mm-hmm. Um, we did not plan on that. Um, but the Lord had that in mind for us. Five of our kids we've adopted. Mm-hmm. And so our first two are biological and they look similar to us and the rest do not. Um, and so God has given us a very diverse, beautiful family, and I am just so grateful. Um, our son was born in Guatemala, and we have three kids who are full siblings from the U.S., but um, they were they came to us through foster care and then eventually needed adoption. And then we ended up bringing home our youngest son, Friday, from Uganda. Mm-hmm. We did not bring him home on Friday. His name is Friday. I have always <laughs> loved the name Friday because of your son. And he is the right person and personality to have that name. Yeah. Um, and so we are very, very full and blessed and broken mm-hmm. <laughs> and all of it. And then God has called me to start and lead a ministry called the Forgotten Initiative. Um, We are coming on year 10 of that, which is just incredible to me. That's awesome. It is a ministry dedicated to helping you, whoever is listening, we're here to help you support the foster care community. Yes. And we do this through awareness, through encouragement, and through advocacy. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we have a couple different ways we do this. And one way that is very strategic and very on the ground and something that you as a listener can become part of Mm -hmm. is the advocate role. Um, And these are volunteer leaders that are in their community and they are at the very basic level connecting the church to the foster care community, connecting the church to the agency. 
And we are all about relationship here. And we want to see people experience Jesus. And we believe that happens when you connect people in relationship. And when we get ourselves out of our comfort zones Hmm. and we realize our own dependence on the Lord um, in new ways. And so that's what we do. Um, And we are here to support and encourage and equip our advocates all over. And so we have, I think we're around 40 um, communities right now that we are serving advocates in. Wow. And then beyond that, we have um, a national platform that God has given us. And one of the things we do is a podcast. And with that podcast, it's called The Forgotten Podcast. And we are just here to equip and encourage people and help them to move towards advocacy too. Um, And so God has given us some platforms with the social media and the podcast, and we've written some children's books just to kind just to bring the awareness and continue to encourage people in areas beyond our advocate communities. I love the Forgotten Initiative and everything that you all stand for and the work that you do. Yeah. Specifically, I love the way that you and your team resource and encourage every member of the foster care community from agency workers to foster parents to vulnerable adults to children I love the fact that you advocate and you do all of the good work that you do for every member of the foster care community, not just a lot of times you hear about ministries reaching one, maybe the foster family or the foster children. But I love that your team seeks to work alongside all of the foster care community. So my question for you, if someone listening today would like to become more involved in reaching the foster community and their own community, wherever that is, how would you encourage them to get in contact with you and your team or to learn more about TFI, the Forgotten Initiative? I would tell them to go to the website, theforgotteninitiative.org. And in the top right, there's a button that says become a TFI advocate. And there, it will just walk you through the steps. Um, it is, a, there's a process to become an advocate. And we are really, we want to make sure this is a right fit for you and that you're a right fit for TFI. Um, because we really believe that if we're not kind of on the same page at the foundational level and all the way up, mm-hmm. it's, there's just going to be frustration. Sure. And TFI is not for everybody. Um, but it is for a lot of people. And so we encourage people to step in. We just want to make sure that we are all the right fit for each other. Um, For me, culture is like this. It is my privilege and my responsibility to guard and protect our culture Mm -hmm. and to grow our culture. Um, And this year has been a year of really, for us as a team, diving deep into what is our culture and how we define it and how we guard it and grow it. And so um, I'll just explain a little bit and you can tell me if this gets a little too confusing, but I view culture as um, defined really like this. We are a group of people grounded on the same foundational beliefs with the shared vision, mission, values that drives behavior. Hmm. So for us, that means we are a group of people grounded on the Bible, yeah, and we are grounded on Jesus and founded on Jesus. And we have a shared vision, and we want to see people everywhere support the foster care community and experience Jesus together. End of the day, it's about Jesus. Yep. Um, we have a shared mission. We have a shared idea of how we're going to accomplish this. I say this a lot. We're not—TFI isn't the only way or necessarily the right way. It's just our way. And so— 
Um, we want to help people and we do it through awareness, encouragement, and advocacy. That's how we help people support the foster care community. And we do it with the shared attitudes, our shared values. We honor God. We grow through service. We communicate and we celebrate. And all of this drives our behaviors and our actions. Mm -hmm. And so I like to think of it a lot like, let's say we're on a, a um, road trip. With my husband is taking us to Florida. We're going on a road trip. He's our leader. He tells us we're going to Florida. And we, as a family, we align around that vision. <laughs> yes, we're going to go to Florida. On the Cabe family bus. I've ridden on that thing. It's legit. <laughs> is it a church van? I mean, it is. But it is, in my opinion, it's even better than a church van. <laughs> then we're going to Florida with you. Yes, it is. It is a road trip mobile. You can stand all the way up in the back. It's a high top, big black. It looks like the A-team. We had a van like that too. I didn't have seven kids in my family, but close. And we drove a church bus, so I'm with you. Nice, yep. nice, yeah. When I remember first seeing it, I was like, Lord, please, I didn't want this to be my life. <laughs> but I, I actually prayed, will you please just help me to embrace this and just love it? Because I don't really want to be miserable about it and have a bad attitude. Yep. And he has. It's. I mean, I love that thing. I, I go to Starbucks in that thing. I jump out, have to step into up, to, up two steps to get in. And I just own it. I own the road. <laughs> I serve as a witness. She truly does own the road, especially when her friends aren't derailing her from the road trip she was taking a few minutes ago. Yeah, he's taking us to Florida. He's got the vision. We're aligned around that vision, right? Yes. And he has told us that we're going to take interstate, whatever, 74 to... Who knows? I don't know the interstates to get there. But, you know, we're going to go these interstates. And that's the that's the mission. That's the way we're going to get there, how we're going to get there. And we agree with that. Yep. Every time before we go on a vacation, we talk to our kids and we say, listen, we're leaving the driveway. And I say, kids, listen, we are going to have a great vacation. We're going to have so much fun. You're going to get to do things you don't normally get to do. But you need to know you're not going to get everything you want. Mm -hmm. And there are going to be times where you are annoyed, where you are mad, where you don't like what we're going to do. But you're going to have a good attitude because <laughs> we're, we're going on vacation. And so it's like setting up their attitudes, their expectations. So we're, you know, aligned around those same attitudes. And that's going to have a fairly successful, we're human, so it's not going to be perfect, but it's going to be a fairly successful trip. Sure. If, however, I say to Clint, or let's say this, Clint tells us we're going to Florida and, and he ends up driving to California and there's going to be trouble. There's going to be trouble in River City with a capital T in the van. We're going to be mad. We're going to be frustrated. Um, if I say, no, we shouldn't go 24. We need to go 55. Um, it's going to I'm going to derail it. You know, maybe that is a way to get to Florida, but it's 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 just going to derail it. Yep. If we're not all aligned around that same attitude and we have terrible attitudes, it's going to derail the trip and it's going to be difficult and frustrating and it's not going to work and we're not going to get to have a great successful vacation. And so that's how I view culture. Again, it's not the only way or the right way. It's just our way. And so the people who come on, I want them to feel that same desire. We have to share the same mission, vision, values. Um, so it works and it won't be perfect, but we're all going to be on that same same path. So I love how you explained that. That's great. Vision has to come first. I am a steward of this vision and it is a burden it's not fun often, but I'm a steward. Well, especially in the area of ministry that you've been called to, because it is the vision of serving the fatherless and the widows. And 
honestly, that ought to be something we all agree on. And I don't know if you can correct this stat, Jamie. I've heard that if each church in the United States would take on one foster child, we would wipe out the need for foster care altogether. Maybe that number is not correct. Mm -hmm. But that seems like it should be an easy ask, an easy vision to agree on. And yet we seem to not be doing that. I think it's simple, but it's not easy. Hmm. You know, I think there's a difference. It's a yeah, that that makes sense. It's simple in the sense of if we did this, then that would happen. But it's not easy because we are humans and there's an enemy of our soul. Yep. And he doesn't want this work to happen. You know, it's an interesting dynamic that we have sitting here today because you, Bethany, work with moms and pregnancies. Yes. I work with orphan care and adoption. Jamie, you work with foster care. And this is a good path. It's a good path to work with vulnerable people, both adults and children. But it's also a hard path because we're called to fight for children whom the enemy thinks he has safely in his grasp. And I I do believe that that comes with difficulty and challenge, and it's not easy, but it's absolutely worth it. And along those lines, I want to say one other thing briefly, and I will be brief because none of y'all came to hear me preach today. That is not what we're doing. That would not be beneficial. From time to time, I hear members either inside the Christian community or outside the Christian community sort of throw stones at those who would call themselves pro-life. And the argument tends to be all you care about is life in the womb, that that life makes it outside the womb, and then after that, we don't care. And I just want to say, I have dozens and dozens of friends, like the two that I have sitting with me today, who have given of their lives, of their time, of their resources, of their passion, of their commitment to reach vulnerable people outside the womb. And just because we all aren't building loud platforms and telling everybody what we're doing, many, many of the people who serve in ministries that bring life, many of my friends who are in these ministries are some of the most humble people you would ever meet. They're not putting their accomplishments on banners or flags. The the Christian community is filled with people who care deeply for vulnerable individuals. And we, many of us, are doing this work every day. So my one request is to caution you against saying that all pro-life people care about is that that child is born and then we don't care after that because that is that could not be farther from the truth. And that is where I'm going to stop because I could fill the rest of our time talking about how inaccurate that statement is. Absolutely. God's people are working on the ground. And here's to go along with that, Tricia. There's a leader in our pregnancy center network who points out to people regularly. Mm -hmm. We have put a lot of visible effort in the lobbying to overturn Roe v. Wade, to make uh, pro-life laws from state to state to try to to restrict and end abortion. We want to see an end to that and protection of unborn life. And he says, you know, of course, you have to do that. Those things are necessary and important. But his point that he comes back to is um, politics is downstream of culture. And so if you really want to see a change in the way our country and our states have policies about life and protecting the vulnerable and the unborn, then the really effective way to, to make a change in that 
is to change the culture. And I think what is going on behind the scenes at the grassroots level where you and the three of us can see how many individuals are working to take care of the vulnerable, to stand up and be a voice for them. And we're just now beginning to see the trickle effect of that culture change going on to hopefully um, begin to impact the more visible side of politics and policy. But yeah, to, to say that the church is not doing anything is not correct. Um, but to say that the church can't do more is also not correct. She's got some work to do. Absolutely. Right now, there are about 400,000 children in foster care here in the U.S. That would fill about five Super Bowl stadiums. That's how many kids? Then maybe that's a little bit more of a visual. 100,000 of those children are currently waiting to be adopted. And this year and every year, about 20,000 of those kids will age out without family. So if you're looking for a place to start, if you're looking for some place to get involved, I would highly, highly recommend that you go check out the Mm ForgottenInitiative.org. There are different ways to get involved, see if you can plug in. I know it looks different for each of us in different seasons of life, but if you're able to get involved Maybe the Lord would lead you there to to do something to help children in foster care. Yep. All right, Jamie Cabe, you know we're not going to let you go. We're not letting you off the hook today without giving us a list. (laughs) Today's theme is five things that you would include in a 2020 time capsule. And I have no idea how to transition from what we were just talking about, which is so critically important to something that is just fun. But there it is. We're talking about five things to include in a 2020 time capsule. (laughs) Well, I thought when Jamie was saying about guarding culture, um, guarding and growing culture in an organization or in our society. Actually, I think that plays into the topic that we picked for today, which is um, when we're thinking about what would you choose from the past 12 months to, to identify, to point out this was the culture of the past 12 months or what we're willing to remember and memorialize about it. Mm-hmm. We are in a sense talking about Let's guard a little piece of that culture and let's pick out what's good enough to remember. Um, Maybe some warnings in there. I don't know what you all put on your list, but I thought that the way you put that, Jamie, about being the guardians of culture and seeking to grow it in a a correct way um, meant a lot when I thought about what we're going to be putting into our time capsules that we're building today. All right, Bethany. On that note, what is the first thing that you would put in a 2020 time capsule? Okay. For my first one, I'm going to tell you one I probably think that neither one of you will have on your list because it was just this unique thing that popped up. Okay. I think, you know how Facebook listens to you and sends you ads for things? So we got an ad um, for this coffee mug. And it's a coffee mug specifically designed for all the Zoom meetings that people are having to have in 2020. And on the front of it that you would show towards your camera, it has a picture of a microphone and it says you are on mute. And so it's a coffee mug Zoom meetings because when somebody's on mute, they never know it and you can just tell them. Nice. Nice. Oh, Zoom, old friend. We will not miss the way you controlled our lives in 2020. All right, Jamie, what's the first thing you would include in a 2020 time capsule? Um, okay, I'm going to put a hammer. Rough year? <laughs> we 
uh, like many other people in the world probably, are in the middle of a home renovation. Yeah, that's very helpful. Yeah, you were a little nervous, weren't you? A little bit. (laughs) (laughs) No, not really. Okay, by the way, so I asked my eight-year-old son what he thought we should include in a 2020 time capsule, and very emphatically, he suggested we include the family dog. (laughs) So that's all the farther I got with getting any help from my family on this. Needless to say, we will not be putting the family dog in the 2020 time capsule. But truly, the first thing I would like to include in a 2020 time capsule is simply the word unprecedented. (laughs) I would like to write that word on a piece of paper and bury it in the ground once and for all. Of course, you would just put a word in. Yes. (laughs) That's funny. I didn't even think of that. I do love words. I'm not a big fan of unprecedented right now because it's everywhere. But in general, I do love words. So that would be the first item I would put in a 2020 time capsule. All right, Bethany, what is the second thing you would include? Okay. My second thing I would put in would be, so I don't know that I'd put in a whole jigsaw puzzle, maybe a jigsaw puzzle or one piece of a jigsaw puzzle. But now, even as I'm saying that, if I only put in one piece, how frustrating will it be to try to do the other, the jigsaw puzzle? You know what? That just like makes my heart beat. I hate puzzles. (laughs) No offense. (laughs) It just, I just, oh, I cannot do them. They take too long for me. And that... Yeah, it just like instantly my heart's like, I don't even want to see like you do realize now that Secret Santa is going to make sure you get a puzzle this year, right? (laughs) You absolutely signed yourself up for that one. But in the meantime, Jamie, what is the second item on your list of things to include? Okay, so I'll go with (laughs) it. This is funny. If it's a rope, we're going to have to talk offline. but, But it's a tape measure. But it's a small tape measure. This year has been a year of a health journey for me too. And so a lot of assessing and a lot of measuring. Um, And so I have this little skinny tape measure that is in my bathroom at all times for every two weeks when I'm supposed to turn in everything. So I will have to remember this year with that for sure. What a hard year to get healthier. Good for you. Well, I started it in November of 2019. Who knew what was, <laughs> but quite. But you stuck with it. I did. I did. And you know what? It actually was hugely helpful because it was one area I could control in 2020 because I had a plan to follow and I knew what I was doing. And although it was difficult, I actually think it was inc- a gift because hmm. it was, there was something I could always go back to and go, okay, I know how to do this. And I can control this. That's amazing. I feel like I need to recover from 2020. So good for you. Yeah. The second item on my list is actually a set of do-it-yourself mask-making instructions. (laughs) Now, in full disclosure, I did not actually ever make my own masks. I bought them, but I do feel like the instructions were everywhere and there were certainly a lot of people making their own masks. It's one of the things I'm curious about that is... In a few years, will we have almost forgotten that we went through this whole mask wearing phenomenon or will we still be wearing them? I don't know. That is the the question that has yet to be answered, but I would definitely include instructions in my 2020 time capsule just in case. Yeah, I think that has to go in. And the other thing I think has to go in, and so I'll make it my third on the list, is a roll of toilet paper. Yeah. 
I just still cannot believe, even even with the mask thing, I still cannot believe people's reactions to this news that it was coming, that the virus was coming and we would have to take measures. And then even now, what people still kind of cling to as being very important or very necessary. But yes, I do. I will want to remember that the toilet paper shelves were bare. And so whatever happens in the future, when we open that time capsule, there will be at least one roll of toilet paper waiting for us. Listen, we can talk about toilet paper all day, and I am fine with that. But the only thing I ask is that you be careful with the term TP, because those are my initials. And I had to hear people talk about TP (laughs) during this entire national lockdown, and I was very offended by it. I never thought of that. It's true. I will not put TP in the time capsule with her dog. (laughs) You know, that is greatly appreciated. All right, Jamie, what's next on your list? Well, I had to, of course, include the masks as well, but I will include the disposable masks. Okay. um, Because my husband's business is an industrial janitorial supply business. And so we always have disposable masks at the ready. Um, And so... That's been, I mean, it's also interesting because you find who would have thought I would be like, oh, that's a cute mask. Right. You know, (laughs) so I have a few of the cute masks as well, but it's always like, hey, babe, we need more masks. So he sends another box home. You know, it's pretty great. Um, So I, you just have to put that in there. So basically, Jamie Cabe's family was wearing masks before it was cool. Trendsetters. <laughs> yeah. Jamie, we are holding you responsible. Yeah. All right. The third item on my list of things that go in a 2020 time capsule is takeout menus. I like that. And I included this one for more than just the benefit of eating out or not cooking, although those things are fun. I included this just to remember the pressure that has been placed on the restaurant industry. I really, really hope, as I know you both do as well, that our restaurant owners and those who work at restaurants will be able to survive this pandemic. Right. So many people depend on the restaurant industry right. for their livelihood. And what an incredible time, what an incredible season. So many of them have pulled together and have done incredibly kind things, even keeping their doors open when I'm sure it was not in their financial interest. And so I just, I think including takeout menus will help us to remember these days and remember how odd and uncomfortable it was not to be able to go out like we usually do, spend time with people the way we usually do. I just, I think they belong in the time capsule. I like that. Okay, I think we're on to four. I'm going to combine a couple of mine into my number four. Um, For the fourth thing to put into the time capsule, I would include something that I'm going to explain what this means, but I would include a bright spot list. Okay. And what that means is as part of the um, network of pregnancy centers in the state of Illinois this year, we actually got together in small groups at one point in the summer. And we always try to um, kind of strategize with each other, encourage each other in the different centers across the state. And this year, we had already been thinking of trying a different format of the strategy session, and it just worked out to do it this way. I think God was in the planning of that. But the format that they chose is called Bright Spot Strategy. And 
you sit together in a small group and you look back over the past, however, for us, it was the past year Okay. in each of our individual centers. And you just ask each other, what was a couple things that really went well for you in the past year? And what do you think helped you to succeed in those areas? Okay, now looking forward, how do you plan or how will you repeat those bright spots in the next period of time going forward? And doing that with the other pregnancy centers actually really encouraged everybody to remember there were good things going on, even with all the discouraging things and stress and anxiety we had seen God do great things in the past 12 months. Then I brought it home and did kind of the same analysis with my staff team in our center. And we did this um, in November and beginning of December. And we just said, look back over 2020 and what were some things that went well? Some things were you're proud of in your area, some things that you would consider successes. And I have to tell you, in that meeting, everybody was tired to start with. Everybody was looking at each other at first when I said, let's find the bright spots. They looked at me like I was crazy a little bit like, okay, Bethany says it, we'll try it, but I don't know. And we kind of hunched over and started making our list that we were going to share with each other. And then by the end of that meeting, you would not believe how the mood had lifted Hmm. because we were able to identify not just two, three or four things that had gone well in the year, but I'm saying probably... 15 or 20, just from that quick brainstorming session, we identified all of these successes that God had brought into the year and how well things had actually gone. And so I want to look back at 2020 and remember absolutely all of the the things that were funny about it, funny in a in a sad way or things that make me take pause and give serious thought to, man, we had to make some changes in that year. But I also want to remember there were bright spots in 2020 and there were times that God showed up and did amazing things. And so I would take I might even just take that list that my team put together and put that into the time capsule. And then when I remember 2020, it'll be like sunshine coming out of the box. Yes, I would piggyback right off of that. Um, one of the things I had put was a journal, my journal. Yes. Um, because it was a year of reflection. It was a year for me of learning. It was a year I not only got myself a health coach, but I got myself a leadership coach and a counselor. Mm-hmm. And so just a real year of self-development and self-leadership. Mm-hmm. Um because the work we do is so important and so many leaders fail and I'm just not willing to be that. Um, And I need the multitude of counselors and I need people speaking into my life, which I already have outside of these people, but um, it's just made me even more intentional about that. I love it. Um, I think too, like this has been like for a lot of people, it's been one of their hardest years. It has absolutely been one of our hardest years, um, family wise, ministry wise. Um, I have cried so many tears this year Hmm. and yet I, I have so much hope and, um, I see the Lord in new ways. I feel so held by him. And I think that I am learning so very much. And so 
COVID or not, like it hasn't, that hasn't necessarily really been the reason things have been hard. (laughs) There's been other things, Um, but it has been a year that is full and broken, Sure, you know, and hopeful and painful. Um, And yet, like I said, I just, I am so expectant of what God is going to do today and tomorrow and the future. That's right. Absolutely. I love that, Jamie. Thanks for sharing. Finding joy amid life's enigmas, right? Yeah. The opposites that wait to confront us every day. I really appreciate that. Good thoughts. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and share the fourth item on my list. And I need you, Bethany, to know right off the bat that I have waited until number four. I have given you four opportunities to say this one. So I don't feel like I'm stealing one of your answers. Okay. The fourth item I would include in a 2020 time capsule is a copy of the Constitution. (laughs) And the reason for that is because I feel like that has been such a topic of conversation this year, no matter how you voted, no matter what you think politically, It has been such a source of contention, what is constitutional, what is not, and I just think the Constitution belongs in the time capsule this year. Amen. Which means, Tricia, that since you included it and I didn't have to, my work here is done. I have discipled you. Yes. Oh, I'm certain there's more work to do. <laughs> Bethany can hardly contain herself right now. <laughs> can I go on my constitutional monologue? I wouldn't dream of preventing you. To, for, to bring up the Constitution once again in another podcast, we need to count how many times, how many episodes we actually do talk about it. Okay, so this is episode 11. And I can guarantee you we've talked about it 11 times. <laughs> in fact, the title of our podcast is Laundry Lists, and it's about to have the subtitle Thoughts on the Constitution. This is success. I mean, I can die happy now. No, but to talk about it today when Jamie has brought up to us the importance of mission. Okay, I really, this was my thought this week. So to work together in churches, organizations, and alliances, you do need to be aligned vision, mission, values, attitudes. You need that alignment. Okay. In the nonprofit world, which all of us are involved in, there is a thing called mission drift. Yes. And mission drift happens when an organization loses sight of that vision mission up at the top and gets distracted. Usually they're distracted by dollar signs. They get distracted and they go off on a tangent and they end up doing something they were not ever created to do. And the biggest example people have of this is Harvard. Hmm. Harvard University was founded in 1600s to be a school that trained preachers. That's right. Preachers and missionaries. And today, as we sit here and talk, they don't have a single preacher and missionary coming out of that school. So that's the prime example of mission drift. But the way to cure mission drift in your nonprofit organization is to get everybody back around and remind them, this is the vision. This is the mission. This is where we're headed. So we're going to drop everything that doesn't align with that. And we're going forward on this vision and mission. And so now everybody get on the Cape bus (laughs) on this road trip to our mission. And so... Honestly, I think what's happening in America this year is we're getting reminded of vision and mission. And everybody suddenly who remembers the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution, and it's part of our daily conversation again, we're being reminded, 
you guys got on a little bit of a mission drift. Let's get back. Hmm. And so now the test for us as a country and a society is will we answer that call to go back to vision and mission that we originally founded 244 years ago now? Can you believe we've lasted that long? We're being called back to it. Hmm. Wow. First of all, I love what you just shared. But second of all, I wish our listeners could see the way that you punctuated every single word (laughs) with your hands. This is a woman, Bethany is a woman who loves her constitution. And I love that about her. I am not making fun of her when I say that. But she literally used her hands for every word just now. If I could jump up and down and still be near the microphone, I would. Go for it. Constitution. All right, Jamie Cabe, what's the fifth item on your list? I put four exclamation points. Uh-oh. Actually, I should put five. This year, I have five teenagers. What? They were little kids last week. And my oldest is going to be 18 next month. I refuse to accept this. I tell them, I say, you guys are all my favorites and all my least favorites. It just depends on the day. Hey, you know, that's that's fair and honest. Reminds me a little bit of the story of Susanna Wesley, I believe it was. Remember, she is the mother of John Wesley and Charles Wesley. Anyway, she had 19 children. Yep. And at one point, someone asked her who or which child is your favorite? And her response was, whichever child is sick. Mm. I thought that That is a pretty good answer. That is. They need you the most. They sure do. Bethany, did I skip you for your number five, by the way? Do you have a fifth item to share? I would. The last thing I would include would be a mail-in ballot because I got probably six or seven of them. Nice. So I'd choose one of them and put it in the time capsule. Which actually goes very nicely with the fifth and final item on my list, which is I would include a full sleeve of I Voted stickers. (laughs) By the way, that comment is not based on either political party. This has been an equal opportunity year for political humor, both sides. But Jamie Cave is going to save the day and take us out with one that I hope is not political. It is a calendar. Okay. Because this year, because of e-learning and because of some changes, we actually have kids in five different schools. And so trying to navigate and keep track of everybody and who's off and who's on and when people need to get. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's e-learning, there's hybrid, there's Christian school in the mix, there's Christian online school in the mix. It's just very interesting. We did it to ourselves, but it's actually going, (laughs) it's going well. Mostly. I love that you haven't picked a one-size-fits-all educational solution for your kids. I love that you're willing to work with each of your kids and what he or she needs. I also love that you picked a calendar that feels very hopeful to end on because as challenging, as disappointing, as difficult as 2020 may have been for many of us, There is a new year coming, and we're all going to need a new calendar, and we're going to turn the page on this year, and that feels very hopeful. So thank you for including that and for the rest of your list. Guys, both of you, I've enjoyed your list immensely today and the thoughts that you've shared. Thank you so much. 
As you know, Jamie, here on the podcast, it is our tradition to end with a home management tip. Do you happen to have any golden tips that you could send us out with today? Oh, I love these so much. I'm always coming up with new ways to make my life easier. <laughs> one, I think one of the ways that has been just one small thing is I get so sick of having kids say, what's for dinner? Okay. And so I will... Right. I, if I tell them if it's posted, that means I know if it's not, I don't know. So I will put it on the fridge or I will put it on the whiteboard. If I know, if I don't, the reality is I don't know yet. I love that, Jamie. That is a great tip. I'm going to try that. Our clear takeaway for today is to go and buy a whiteboard and put it on the refrigerator. And I want to thank you all for being part of today's conversation. This has been excellent. I look forward to just listening to this episode myself and learning some more from our first guest, Jamie Cape. Thanks so much for being here. And on that note, we look forward to seeing you in the next episode. Mm -hmm.